Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards Betting Podcast, the, pod- the podcast that went 4-0 and for the first time in this season last weekend as we rounded out uh, a very good week with, um, well, we had the Cal- we had Callum's pick on Thursday night, got us off to a brilliant start. The Cardinals destroyed the, um, the Saints, uh, mainly on a defensive performance as they picked off Andy Dalton quite a few times. Um, Liam, he had his Chiefs. They murdered the 49ers fairly easily um, on Sunday night. Um, a very impressive performance, frankly, against one of the supposed better defences in the league. Um, Jack's team lost the game, but covered the spread as he had the Browns plus six and a half against the Ravens. And my under in the Lions and Cowboys never looked in doubt as they struggled to 30 points between them. I think it was under 49. So it was a very comfy win. And that... I th- that was my second in a row, I think. So, finally, finding a little bit of form here as we enter week eight. Um, this week, we've got the full house. I'm joined by Liam. I am joined by Callum and Jack. And we are all going to go through our best bets for the week. Um, so, without any further ado, we'll go straight to Liam. Um, Liam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good, thanks. After a win, uh, I'm sure you were happy when Jamal Williams fumbled on the one-yard line for that total. That was almost a guaranteed under, wasn't it, at that point for you? Yeah, a bit of a killer because I got good odds on Jamal Williams scoring. He was 2-1 to one because <laughs> of the late news on DeAndre Swift. And he probably did score. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely worth it for a win on here. It was um, obviously been a painful year for me on this one. So decent, uh, decent bet for me to get in. Nice, definitely. Yeah, and the Chiefs just traded for one of my favourite college receivers. So I'm happy today. So... We'll see how that goes. Uh, in terms of best bet for this week, I've gone with Titans minus two and a half at the Texans. Uh, I feel like I jumped the queue in our group chat to pick this game before anyone else did because it looked like an obvious one. I think the spread for me should be six and a half. We found out today that Tannehill's going to play. Um, he's not wearing a boot or anything at training either, so he looks relatively healthy. Uh, Derek Henry's playing well, and I just think the Texans are terrible, and there's a chance they could trade all their best players in the next week. So, yeah, I've gone with the Titans there by a field goal. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with that whatsoever, to be honest with you. Um, I'm surprised at the line, you know, to put it politely. Uh, I don't think the Texans are necessarily quite as bad as has been made out. I think they're scrappy and have managed to stay in a lot of games. I thought they would be closer to the Raiders than they were last week, but apparently they just decided that it was impossible to stop Josh Jacobs running. Um but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I, I certainly agree with Liam and understand why he jumped in as early as he did to make sure he got this uh, on the block because it's uh, it's probably the one that jumps out for this week's Lions, which of course means it'll be the one that loses by a mile. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, no arguments here either. Um, Titans minus two and a half is probably one of my my favourite uh, spreads for the week as well. Uh, I'd expect Eric Henry, I think the last three or four games, hit 100 yards and uh, I can see no difference here. Um I too thought it'd be near enough touchdown, not a field goal. So yeah, no arguments. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, four out of four for all of us. Yeah, we we had a quick chat about it. I think a few days ago, and uh, we all kind of pointed out that was one that we thought was a little bit off. Um, yeah, under a field goal is great. Ryan Tannehill probably going to be a bit hampered with an ankle injury, um, but it's Derek Henry against the Texans. I'm sure he'll put up 150 and a couple of touchdowns, and they should be able to slow mainly Damian Pierce on um, the other side. Um, so, yeah, Callum, the Lions are playing the Dolphins. I'm assuming you're not going for them this week. So, who are you going for? No, I'm not. I'm not going for them this week. I mean, you know, there's there's an argument of if it's uh, if it's not broken, don't try and fix it. So, I'm going to take the Cardinals again um, based on their 
performance last week, they have filled me with confidence. I think last week was the first time we'd kind of seen what I would deem the real Cardinals. And by that, I mean DeAndre Hopkins was playing. Um, I'm still hoping that James Conner is going to be able to play this weekend because that would give you almost a full-strength Cardinals team. Obviously, Marquise Brown looks like he's going to be out until late in the season, if back at all. So you may not see the full Cardinals this year, What whatever happens. But I firmly believe in DeAndre Hopkins as a top five wide receiver in this league. And that's going to make a huge difference, just the kind of routes that he runs. He's Kyler's security blanket. I'm not entirely sold on this Vikings defense. I'm not entirely sold on the Vikings full stop. I think five and one is a massive exaggeration of how good they are. If Tua hadn't got concussed, I'm not convinced they would have beaten the Dolphins. So, I, yeah, I, I think plus three and a half, having that extra half point, the hook is essential. If it was plus two and a half, I'd probably be looking elsewhere. But I, I think, you know, Kyler against this Vikings defense that has not been good against uh, the pass, I, I, I fancy the Cardinals to keep it close and, to be frank, to win outright. But we'll take the points here. No mention of Kirk there, which surprises me. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't think it needs saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd be betting this game to be honest. I think this score could be anything. I would. Th- I like the over actually, forty nine. Uh, I don't think either team's defense is very good. Um, but yeah, this could be one of the craziest games of the weekend. I think yeah, over forty nine would be my the, the fancy on this one. Yeah, I'm the exact same as well. I think Overs is the player here. Uh, I think it's the type of game the Vikings could go ahead by maybe a touchdown or two, and then you can see kind of a, a comeback from the Cardinals in the second half when Cardinal Murray decides to take the, the game into his own hands. Um, yeah, three and a half is just annoying, to be honest. If it was two and a half, I probably would lean towards the Vikings, but that hook is a bit too much. Um, so the Overs is probably the only thing I'd play on this as well. I don't really have a play on this one. I I quite like Kirk Cousins. I I, I quite like Kyler Murray to an extent. He just it irritates me that they're not better. Frankly, I think that's it irritates my me too. Thing. Don't worry. <laughs> that's my main thing with the Cardinals. And as I've, I think I've said before, he gives little people hope that they can do things uh, in the world. Um, but if you check out at Callum JD Squires on Twitter, you will see his Ford rankings every week and the Vikings and Kirk Cousins are generally quite high up in those in those rankings. So you don't need to go too far to find his opinion in this game. Uh, yeah, Hopkins back last week. He went over 100 yards um, on his 10 receptions, 14 targets. You know, Benjamin looked good. Um, I honestly kind of forgot about James Conner being there already. Um, <laughs> but he will. He is the RB1 when he's back. So, yeah, it'll, um, it'll be interesting. That's a game that I think I'd quite like to watch. I quite like both watching both of those teams. So I might have um, a little nose on Game Pass, given the fact that my Bengals aren't on until... Monday night, and talking of Monday night football, uh, Jack, uh, who are you after? Uh, Bengals minus three. Uh, I think it's minus three and a half in some places now, which is obviously annoying, but I still fancy them. I think they are they might have had a bit of a Super Bowl hangover at the start of the season. They were playing okay, but seems to be in full flow now. Um, and my nap last week was the Browns minus, or plus six and a half. And after watching them, I know they only lost by three, but Brissett is just absolutely horrendous. Like he's toward back for the Dolphins last year for a few games and they're unwatchable. Um, I think teams have kind of figured out how to play against them, which isn't rocket science, but yeah, they know uh, they know what to do with them now. Um, I expect the Bengals to win by double digits, to be honest. Uh, the way Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all them are playing, it's, it's good. Uh, I think I think the Bengals end up winning that division, to be honest. Um, and the Browns, they're two and five, and the two wins they have, like I was saying before the podcast, 
against the Steelers and the Panthers, arguably two of the bottom five teams in the NFL. Nothing convinces me that they're any good whatsoever, and uh, they'll probably have to wait until next year for Deshaun to come back. I know he's coming back in is it week ten, but I think it'll be it'll be too little too late then. And um, I see the Bengals winning this easily enough. Yeah, I agree. I think the Bengals will win by touchdown plus. Um, Browns' defense has been a lot worse than I thought. And in our preview, I think we spoke about their defense being quite good before the season. And uh, unfortunately for them, it hasn't been good at all. Uh, so, yeah, I fancy the Bengals as well. I think they just scored too many points. And uh, I think it probably could be quite a good day for Joe Mixon as well, relatively, against this defense. So, some props for him I might be looking at on, on Monday night. Hard to disagree with any of that. I think you saw quote unquote the real Bengals uh last week against the Falcons when they when they're flying and going. It's just hard to stop. There's so many weapons and Burrow can be so accurate. And um yeah, I, I would definitely take the, the Bengals side here over the Browns. I mean, the Browns do have talent, but you know, Kareem Hunt seems unsettled. It sounds like they're gonna trade him in the next couple of weeks or so. So how much will they even really use him on Monday? We'll see. And you know, Brissett is exactly what Jack described. <laughs> um, hard to hard to watch at times. So yeah, I'd I'd 100% agree with this as a as an option. I mean, to be honest with you, I think we're we're three of three so far on best bets without really much effort. So you know, no pressure, KV. I mean, you know. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I guess we'll see how we go with that one. Obviously, I am a pessimistic Bengals fan, as I say every week. Uh, the Browns are five and one against Joe Burrow, um, which is a little bit of a worry. Uh, obviously, that's straight up. They're actually only two and four against the spread, which is a bit of a weird one. Um, the overs have been hitting their five out of those six games, which is uh, interesting. It's just the Bengals can't defend against Nick Chubb. It's it's a weird, it's a weird one. So you'd imagine they'll be doing their best to do that and. Brissett only really had a connection with David Njoku, who's unlikely to play with his injury from last week, although he has said watch this space or something similar. Um, I don't think he'll be playing. They've had a lot of players on rest days today as well, um, so they're obviously banged up. The Bengals actually didn't have Jamar Chase practicing today with a hip injury. Well, hip soreness, um, but there's no, there's no doubt that he'll be playing in this one. And yeah, the way the Browns defense has been, it could easily be. 43 points for the Bengals. I mean, it's the 43 total and fingers crossed. Um, uh, obviously, it's always pain getting up at, well, luckily this week it's 12.20 because of the clock's going back. So it's actually a little bit easier getting up for us in the UK this week. So I will definitely be up for this one. Um, and fingers crossed waking, waking up after a little nap on Tuesday with uh, a win before work. Uh, so I went for an under last week in the Lions against the Cowboys game. I'm going for an under again, and it's involving the Lions again. I think they've been found out to a certain extent. I think the game against the Patriots, where they scored zero, has awakened teams to figure out how to slow them down. It might just be that they've been unlucky. Obviously, last week they had the Jamal Williams uh, one one millimeter start um, stop. Well, um, the stop on the one millimeter line. They had Amon Ra St. Brown go out of the game early with concussion, which wasn't concussion. Um, it's It's been a bit rough for them, um, but the Dolphins are a very good defense. They've been restricting teams. Uh, the Dolphins have only scored over 21 points once this season, which is seems absurd with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I think Hill's either the leader in yards or one of the top two or three, which is crazy that they're putting up so many yards and they don't seem to be finding the end zone. So basically, I think the Dolphins win. They are three and a half point favorites on the road. Um, but I don't think they're going to score more than 24 points. So, therefore, I like the under 51 and a half. Yeah, I like it as well. I think I like minus three and a half as well, to be honest. Lions just 
really struggling at the moment on both ends. Their defense has been really bad all year, and the offense hasn't looked great for a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, I think it was. I did, did they score at the weekend or not? Because I think I read. Or did they get beaten to zero at the weekend by the Cowboys? They got six. Six, um, six yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so they've scored six. six or 24 six. Yeah. So they've scored six points in three weeks because they had a bye in the middle. So uh, <laughs> Jared Goff's not in a good place at the moment. So yeah, I like the under. And um, for efficiency, Dolphins' second worst offense after the second drive of the game. So I think that it'll be a lowish scoring win for the Dolphins, I think. I mean, look, if we get the first drive, Dolphins, you know, all game then, you know, it might be 50 to nothing. Um, but even then, that would still hit the under, I guess. Uh, you know, the, the the criticisms of Tua and the offense after the first drive were fair, but that first drive was electric. So if the Dolphins play like that, then, you know, they, they could score every time down the field. The Lions, I, 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 I do like the weapons they have with Amon Ra. You know, I've said that already. Wonderful yeah. technical difficulties there. My bad. <laughs> Apologies. Um, yeah, I do like the Lions' weapons, but uh, it is a high line. I could see it being kind of a 24-21. I don't necessarily know that I'm expecting both teams to be scoring 28 or more points. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on the under there too. Yeah. Um, when I seen the... When I go through usually on a Monday morning, I'll have a look at some of the Lions and stuff. I've seen it's a 50.5. I thought I was seeing things. I don't know why it was so high, especially with the Lions scoring six points in the last two weeks. Uh, the Dolphins, I stayed up for the game on Sunday night, and I know they won, but it was hard watch. I don't think there was a single point scored in the second half. I think it was 16-10 halftime. I finished like that. Um, Dolphins defense playing very, very well. Uh, Jalen Phillips is starting to come into his own. Put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and I expect pretty much the same, even though the Lions offensive line is, is decent in fairness. Um, but uh, yeah, 50.5, I don't know why it's that high. I would do like the Dolphins minus three and a half as well, but of course I would. Um, but yeah, no, I've no arguments here. Um, I think that's it's a good bet. Yeah, it's not often I support the Dolphins, but I, I do think like the, the minus three and a half was the thing I looked at first on here, and then I saw the total being the only one over fifty for the week, and figured that that was the more sensible bet. And then I don't have to support two or either, so it's uh, it always <laughs> it all worked out well in the end, hopefully. Um, we get the final London game of the season, um, which is the Broncos at Jaguars. Um, so officially at Jaguars, which is at Wembley. It's the Broncos plus two and a half with a total of 39.5, which is unsurprisingly, I think it's the lowest of the week. Um, there's a couple of low ones this week. Yeah, Commanders at the Colts is 39 plus five as well. Um, so, yes, it's the, um, well, Russ Wilson has been, doing his uh, exercises on the plane on the way over and said that he's uh, ready to ride on on Sunday, which I guess is great for the fans in the UK. We didn't want to see Brett Rippon come over and uh, be the quarterback for the Broncos. But, I mean, is it going to make that much difference? They, they have not been very good this year. Uh, the Jaguars have been hit and miss, frankly. I think they are better than their record, but... They don't seem to be able to get it in. I think there was 900 yards of offense in their game last week or something similar. I heard it was a ridiculous amount on both sides of the ball. And yet they still, they couldn't find the end zone. They obviously finished the game with throwing it one yard short of the end zone. And in fairness, a very good tackle by the Giants defenders. But you've got to throw it into the end zone there. I I just, yeah, I, I don't really have a lean on this one. I guess I'd have to lean to Jaguars. Obviously, they're used to playing over here. And frankly, I think Trevor Lawrence is probably better than Russ Wilson at the moment, which is a damning indictment on 
on Russ. Um, so yeah, I don't, I've, I've not made it to any of the games this year. I hope to next year. I should be able to get tickets for the Spurs games because um, someone's offered me them already. So fingers crossed I can get down to those, but I won't be. I'm not not good to do it missing this one. No, yeah, I think my, I'm with Jags minus two and a half here. Yeah, I think under a field goal. Um, I just not sure what you're going to see out of Russ. He's injured, isn't he? Regardless of how bad he's played, I know he's going to play, but um, he hasn't played well. He's now got an injury, which should make him less mobile theoretically than he's already been. So, yeah, I think I'll go with Jags. Better QB, definitely better head coach because Broncos have probably got the worst, second worst head coach left in the league. So. Um, yeah, I like that. In terms of the total, I don't mind the over, but you need Russ to actually play well, so it's too risky. So I'll go Jags, and we'll see if those um, high knees on the plane helped at all for Russ. God, he does. He just does it to himself. I mean, I like. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't dislike Russ. I always quite liked him as a Seahawk. I quite liked him in Seattle, but just, ugh, he he makes it hard to want to cheer for him basically with his antics and it looks like Jerry Judy hates him. I don't, I don't know that anybody in that Broncos organization can really believe what they've bought. It kind of feels like the Seahawks sold the magic beans, if that makes sense. (laughs) So I, I I don't really know how to read the Broncos. Uh, The the Jaguars being favorites feels weird at any point, just because it's in London. And I think weird things happen in London games. I'd be tempted by the over, because it's a relatively small total. And, you know, I kind of have this theory that both defenses are jet-lagged and don't know what they're doing. I feel like the over hits more often in those in those games in London than it should, um, which is not in any way backed up by statistics, but here we are. Um, <laughs> so I would lean on the over and I would lean to the Jaguars side if I had to. But this is probably one of those early morning games that will be relegated not even to the second TV screen, but to my phone while the Premier League is actually on the TV screens, if I'm honest. Yeah, I don't think the, the NFL could give um, a worse matchup than this. Like, it's, it's a standalone game. I don't think I'll be watching it. Um, the stuff coming out about Russell Wilson now, it's okay with that stuff coming out when you're winning, but the way they're playing and stuff, it just it's just cringe. Like, everything about him is just cringe. Um, Party's teammates hate him. Stuff coming out about him, even from old Seahawks uh, players, even likes of Richie Sherman and Marshawn Lynch. He just looks to be uh, not very well got at all. Uh, 39.5, I'd be leaning towards the under all day in this, but it's such a low total, I'd probably just stay away from it completely. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Jaguars win this by, by double digits. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I believe that Wembley Wembley games generally are lower scoring than the Spurs games, but um, and yeah. obviously the Broncos do have a very good defense. Um, but yeah, there's as the guys have said, it's a very low total, so you you're going to struggle to take unders. But uh, and obviously with it being the London game, it's a standalone game, and the clocks go back this week, as I said, it's a one thirty kickoff, and the rest of the games on Sunday night at five o'clock. So just be aware of that. Make sure you don't miss out, like I just missed out the Thursday night game. Um, the Thursday night game is now, I believe, the Ravens plus one and a half at the Bucks uh, with a total of 46. This total has been all over the place. It opened as the Bucks favourites and then flipped over to the Ravens being favoured. And now it's back to the book, uh, the Bucks being favoured by one and a half. Um, I think the Ravens are probably, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a, this is a tough game to call. I, 
I think the Ravens are the better team, but I still have the worry that the Bucks click at some point. I've said last week I'm worried about the Bucks and Brady. I think he's he's obviously got stuff going on in his personal life. He's got stuff going on off the field. There doesn't seem to be a connection there. But if Mike Evans catches that ball on the, in the first quarter, it's the first touchdown of the day, and who knows what would have happened from there. I think it might just take one little spark to get them reignited and and get back to winning ways, frankly. But for this one, I would probably lean to the Ravens. And there's a worry over Mark Andrews tonight. Um, he hasn't practiced all week, but I'm assuming he's going to go. Um, if he doesn't, then look for Ed Oliver, not Ed Oliver, uh, Josh Oliver, uh, the the second tight end. Um, he should be available at a big price if you can get there quickly enough. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Ravens are going to run all over them. I believe Lamar Jackson has 510 yards, which is more than any of the books running backs have this year. Um, the Ravens are also terrible at defending pass catching running backs. They're fourth worst in the league. Um, so Lenny Fournette and I saw Adam Chernoff put out uh, Rashad White over 16 and a half receiving yards. Uh, they're probably worth a decent look tonight as well. Uh, Liam. I was literally just about to tip the, um, on the PFF app that Lenny Fournette to be under receiving yards was like their best bet Ooh. of the whole weekend, okay. pretty much. <laughs> but Rashad White over was the second best bet. So I think uh, people seem to think Rashad White's going to get a heavy load tonight. So I've bet on him to score a touchdown and, and to go over his receiving yards. Because like you said, uh, Tom Brady also dumps it off a lot. So I think that fits quite well. In terms of the spread, um, I backed Brady first touchdown pass last week and I got all the other QB bets right and then uh, Joe Burrow beat me to it and uh, Mike Evans dropped that pass exactly as Joe Burrow dropped back so that lost me that bet but I'm going to go for Tom Brady again I keep doing it every week it seems so I'm going to go Bucks minus one and a half I like both these teams but uh, I think the Ravens can lose this game and still make the playoffs I think if the Bucks lose this game it could be very difficult for them so I think I'm going to go go with Brady to get it done on, on Thursday night and then make some trades this weekend for some better players. <laughs> yeah, I hate going against Tom Brady. I really do. I, I'll, I'll say first and foremost that both these teams have been in a bit of a slump, and therefore I feel like it can be a get-right game for both of them, so I'd be leaning over just based on there is like so much explosiveness on these offenses that eventually they have to break out and break free, and I'm sure each of you is going to tell me why I'm wrong and take the under, but, you know, primetime game, standalone game, two quarterbacks who can score points in a hurry, two offenses loaded with weapons when they get open. Uh, I'll take the over here. Um, I did see that Paddy Power, I think it is, has a special on Gus Edwards, Leonard Fournette, and Lamar Jackson all to have 50 rushing yards, which I think is like seven or eight to one, I think, um, which I liked when I saw that this morning. Uh, if I had to pick a side... It's hard to back against Brady, and I hate the I hate the one point five as a spread. But I'll lean with the Ravens largely because I want them to win, which again is not necessarily a particularly logical way to think about this. Um, but yeah, I would I'd be taking the over and probably staying away from the sides. Yeah, I think it's a it's a coin flip of a game. It's actually a good Thursday night game for once. Um, I, I think the Bucks will win. I think it's one of them type of games that the Ravens, who usually start off well, might be winning at half time, and then the Bucks <clears throat> rally back in the second half. Uh, surely they can't be any worse than they were last week. I backed them in play at half time against the Panthers. I think they were four to five, and Same. Jesus, 
such a shout. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, they were just absolutely terrible. But uh, yeah, I'd expect the Bucks to kind of get right. Like, there's no way they can be as bad as they were last week. Um, I want the Bucks to win as well. Uh, but if the Ravens do win, you'll see a few Antonio Brown memes um, that can't really can't really be beaten. But um, yeah, I, I think I might do maybe a flurry on Ravens halftime, Bucks full time, and there's also a special on Paddy Power. Uh, Lamar 50 yards and a touchdown, 50 yards running and a touchdown is 10 to 3. I think he's at over 50 in every game so far this year, and he's due a touchdown. He hasn't scored one in the last four games, so that's when I like a 10 to 3. Yeah, the 50 yard one that Callum mentioned, I think, is Skybet at 6 to 1. Um, I just had a quick look around because I knew I'd seen it somewhere. Um, so yeah, 50 yards for each of those three, which seems fairly reasonable. Um, don't mind that at 6 to 1. Uh, Tom Brady, I've just had a little. Quick little look. He's fourteen and three on Thursday nights. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. I I I'm kind of tempted to get up for this one. It's um, I think it's going to be an interesting game. So, is is it going to be worth the pain of very little sleep? Maybe we, we'll see. I'll, I'll see if I can get up for at least the first quarter and see how it goes. Um, gonna, yeah, that. that I, sorry, go I was gonna, I was going to add as well because Callum mentioned the spread. Um, I was reading earlier that in the last 12 years, there's been more games this season finish on one or two points than ever before. So it's a case of, in terms of betting, three has always been a key number, but two and one are nearly as key as like three and seven now. So uh, it is a bit annoying that you're only getting one and a half in this game. Yeah, and especially when it has been, like you probably could have got two on either side at any point this week or at various points this week. Let's say it's been all over the place. Um, Yeah, I was. Uh, I had something else. It doesn't matter. Um, so let's move on to Sunday night. As I say, five o'clock kickoffs for all these now, which is great if you're not obliged to cook Sunday dinner for your wife and daughter as a payment mm-hmm. for getting Sunday nights off. Um, I'm going to have to try and figure out some kind of bargaining to uh, get to see these games this week. But for me, the Bengals aren't on until Monday night, so not too bad. So I'm going to start off with the Raiders minus one and a half at the Saints with a total of 49.5. This was the other one I was considering for my best bet. And then I realized I was going to be back in the Raiders and I couldn't do it. I had to I had to get away from it. But they've been very good recently. They seem to have figured out that Josh Jacobs is the key to their offense and giving him the ball 20 plus times a week. And he's been doing really well. Um, they're playing a Saints team without probably three or four of their cornerbacks. So, in theory, could be a good game for Devontae Adams. He he's, he's done all right. He hasn't done as well as I think many expected, as, as I expected, but he's done okay. Um, so, I'm probably going to be leaning to the Raiders minus one and a half. Um, and probably over on the total, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'm leaning the Raiders as well. Before the season, I'd have hammered the Saints at this line, but they just disappointed me week in, week out. And um, Andy Dalton's now the starter, so if I just can't bet on Dalton <laughs> at all ever, so I'll go Raiders. Uh, in terms of the spread, I'd be leaning under, but yeah, I don't think I'll actually bet it. So yeah, I'll be going Ravens minus one and a half as well. It's Callum gone. Callum's frozen. I think I was a um... little surprised to see both of these teams on two wins. To be honest, I it was. Um... <laughs> It seems like they both should have done better. So, yeah, it's been a bit painful. Um, Jack, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I really like the Raiders minus one and a half here. I think the Saints' defence has probably been one of the most disappointing units of the of the year so far. 
um, they're not getting any pressure on Derek Carr at all. And <clears throat> that's exactly how you beat Derek Carr is put a lot of pressure on him. He doesn't really know how to deal with it. Um, it's probably my second or third favorite bet of the week. Uh, the Raiders minus one and a half, as you're saying. <clears throat> Josh Jacobs seems to be um, going well. I think Devontae Adams could have a huge game with all the Saints defensive injuries. Um, yeah, I think it's, a, it's well, I suppose it's a must win game for both teams, but the Raiders still have a glimmer of a chance of getting in if they win. I think they've had a bye week already, or as the Saints haven't. Um, so yeah, I think towards the Raiders minus one and a half here. Alan, welcome back. Yeah, sorry, my internet just completely freaked out and died. Apologies. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not big on the Raiders generally in the long term. If Jameis was starting, I would take the Saints. But based on it's Andy Dalton, I, I just can't really bring myself to trust him uh, against the Raiders team. That does have some talented pieces, so I, I would lean with the Raiders as well. Cool. We're all on the Raiders for the week. That's, uh, that's a worrying place to be. Saints um, win confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up is another NFC t- uh, NFC South game. Is the Panthers plus four and a half at the Falcons with a small total forty one. Uh, the Falcons were six and zero going into last week. They're now six and one against the spread. Um, going up, but that was all as underdogs. This is a game where they are favoured, and I know that this was about six and a half. I think earlier in the week. I know a lot of the pros and the sharps are on the Panthers uh, covering the spread in this one. I It's a firm stay away from me. I don't think the Panthers are that good. They looked great against the Bucs, in fairness, after trading Ray McCaffrey. Uh, Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman both looked pretty good on the ground. And PJ Walker's got a good arm on him, which he should be able to use to take advantage of the Falcons having so much injuries, so many injuries at cornerback and in their secondary. Um, but frankly, it's uh, it's... DJ Moore and not much else for them. So, yeah, it's a firm stay away from me. Yeah, stay away from me as well. I think I read that 90% of the money is on the Falcons. Sorry, 90% of the tickets are on the Falcons, though, which surprised me that the public is that heavy on yeah. them. But, um, yeah, I just can't back it. The Panthers are a weird one because they could trade some players this week. And are you going to risk playing your players on a Sunday if you've got deals lined up for Monday and Tuesday? Because the deadline's on Tuesday morning. So, if there's any risk of a trade and they want a second or first round pick, they're not going to play them. So I think I'd probably stay away. Um, if I had to lean, I'd be leaving, leaning the over because I think both defences can be so bad in the back end that there'll be some big plays. But yeah, I think I'll be staying away on Sunday. I kind of like the Panthers side here. I don't feel that the, um, I don't feel like the Falcons are good enough to blow anyone out. Um, though the Panthers could blow themselves out, if that makes sense. So it's it's hard to really trust either side. But PJ Walker's in a little bit of a groove. Your friend and mine, uh, Baker Mayfield's back on the bench. So if he does start badly, then, you know, Shake and Baker can come in and be the hero for the second time this season. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 weirdly, I like the over. I liked what I saw out of Deontay Foreman and uh, Chuba Hubbard as you know running backs last week for the panthers dj moore finally showed up and actually played i think so uh yeah i i would take the over 41 i don't think either defense is particularly special and yeah i would probably take the panthers plus the points just because i think it'll be relatively close in the end yeah i like the the overs in this as well that'll be my my main play uh, especially with all the falcons uh defensive issues uh, a lot of few injuries uh, I really like the Panthers minus four and a half, and then I seen that everyone was backing it, so I'm not going to back it now. And um, I think the Panthers <laughs> after last week, 
I think they kind of had a chip on their shoulder after trading McCaffrey and everyone thought they were going to get smashed, including myself, against the, uh, the Bucks. So it's hard to kind of do that two weeks in a row. Um, the Falcons are three and four. I thought they'd be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year and they've actually been very competitive. So if they win this game, they're four and four and their division isn't exactly lighting the world on fire either. So they, they're still playing for something. Whereas the Panthers, I suppose, they could trade away the likes of Brian Burns <laughs> for the deadline and stuff. So... I, I probably will go for the overs and I might throw the Falcons in to win, but four and a half, I probably won't touch. But yeah, the overs is probably my, my biggest lane of this game. So hopefully a surprisingly entertaining game in that one. Uh, Bears plus nine and a half at the Cowboys with a total of 42.5. It, it sounds ridiculous given my opinion on the Bears, but I, that's the only way I can lean on this game. I think the Cowboys offense is still not clicking. Dak has played what, a game and a half now, and he hasn't looked great for any of it, frankly. Um, obviously, he is better than Cooper Rush being back there. But, yeah, this this could be an under game. Um, both, well, the Cowboys' defense is good. Obviously, the Bears traded away Robert Quinn this week, but I don't think he's been playing or done a lot for them because he wasn't exactly happy there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'd be leaning Bears plus nine and a half and under the 42.5. Yeah, there's another spread we'll talk about later, but I've teased that spread up and I've also teased this spread up to 17 for the Bears so far. Um, but in terms of the over-under, the under is obviously the shout because the Bears can't stop anyone from an offensive line point of view and Parsons probably going to get multiple sacks. But um, yeah, I won't be betting on this spread or this total, I don't think. But I probably like Fields overs on rushing because um, they actually used him for the first time. He had more design runs in the Patriots game than he's had in the entire rest of the games of the season combined. So, um, yeah, I'll probably be betting his over totals before the bookies latch on and start whacking that lineup a little bit. I think the Cowboys could absolutely kill the Bears here, um, largely based on the defense. Though I do think their offense is being a little bit underrated because Dak looks rusty still. But in general, um, if ever there's a letdown game spot, it's after you've beaten the Patriots in a massive upset on a Monday night football so I think the Bears might be riding high and might be uh, brought back down to earth relatively quickly. So give me the Cowboys every which way here. Yeah, um, nine and a half is probably too high. I'd, I'd, I think the Cowboys will win. Uh, the unders is what I'd lean towards here. Um, the Bears, I was, in fairness, it was some win against the against the Patriots on Monday night, but um, uh, just it's one good performance by Justin Fields. I don't think anyone should be getting carried away or anything. Um, as for the Cowboys, I'd expect their defense to completely dominate them. Um, forty-two and a half. I know it's low enough, but if I was to do Anthony, it probably would be that. I can't. I can't see the Bears scoring more than than thirteen or fourteen points against this Cowboys defense, and I can't really see Dak getting thirty points in himself either. The way the the way the Cowboys are playing on offense, they probably look better with Cooper Rush. But um, yeah, if I was to do Anthony, it'd probably be the unders in this game. I wouldn't really back the Cowboys minus nine and a half with any confidence and. I'm not backing the Bears uh, plus nine and a half after beating the Patriots, like Callum said. It's just it's a letdown spot. Yeah, could be a good one for the nerds who um, love Tony Pollard. Um, it looks like Zeke's probably going to miss this one. He missed training again this week, so we might get a chance to see whether Pollard can be the main back. And he's got a decent matchup, so we will see on that one. I was just looking around for Justin Fields' rushing yards, um, rushing yards. And there, annoyingly, there isn't rushing yards out anywhere that I can find. There's receiving yards and there's passing yards, but not the rushing yards yet. So um, we're thinking around, what, 50, 49.5, something like that. Yeah, I think he was 44 on um, the other night. 
So yeah, I reckon yeah. forty nine and a half maybe. I bet the yeah, over, the on, over that. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And the team that they beat on Monday night was the Patriots. They are minus two and a half at the Jets with a low total again, forty point five. Uh the Jets obviously have been uh one of the better teams, one of the more surprising teams this year, but they lost Brees Hall and they lost uh, Elijah Veratucker on the offensive line, who was probably the key to their offensive line as well. So this could be a painful week for them. Um, Patriots haven't exactly been pulling up trees, but Bill Belichick has won a 10 in a row, at least against the Jets. So that was um, what I searched for the other day. It could well be 20 for all I know. It was, I know he's got a very good record against them. Um, and they have a decent pass rush. Judon had two and a half sacks on uh, Monday against Justin Fields and the Bears. And with offensive line issues, I think that could happen again. Zach Wilson looked terrible when he was called upon to be the man against the Packers. I think they were... What was the Packers? Uh, against um, the... Yeah, it was the Packers this week, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the, he looked awful. He was running for his life and didn't seem like he complete, could complete anything. So uh, Corey Davis went out with a knee as well. So th- they are depleted, the Jets, and they were fairly shallow already. So... For me, I'm leaning Patriots. Um, not exactly confident on it, so it won't be a bet, but that's the only way I'm looking on this one. Yeah, I think I lean with Bill and the Patriots. We speak about him. He's like one of the only coaches we talk about actually mattering to the spread when we do these podcasts. Yeah. And I think I think he really does for this matchup. Um, under a field goal, I think you have to take him. Their run game is really, really good. Um, Matt Judon leads the NFL in sacks as well, so he's having a really, really good season. So I think he'll probably be able to get to the quarterback. Uh, and the Jets are basically a run-first team that's just lost their running back. So we'll see how James Robinson does in the, since he's been traded there. But um, yeah, I just fancy the the Patriots to do enough on the floor to on the ground to to win the game. I really want to take the Jets here. I really want to take the Jets here. I, you know, I've I've been quite loud in my the Patriots are not very good talk, um, and. I was so happy on Monday night. I have not had such fun sitting alone in my apartment watching Monday Night Football in so long. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the Jets are a weird proposition now that Brees Hall's done because that was kind of their offense. And I'm not convinced that Zach Wilson is really breaking out the way they want him to just yet. However, Source Gardner and that defense definitely are. And I kind of think that this game could have less than 10 points in it because I don't think either offense is good, and I think both defenses are pretty solid. Um, and you know I'm not one for taking an under, but yeah, I would 100% be going under in this one just because I, I think both teams... I think the Patriots will run the ball, and I think the Jets will try to run the ball with James Robinson, their new addition, uh, and Michael Carter, which again, just as a side note, is a trade I didn't really understand because I feel like they've now got two versions of Michael Carter, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not much of an improvement as far as I'm concerned. So I'll take the under here. If you are telling me gun to my head, I have to pick a side. I will take the Patriots because I don't think the Jets are a 6-2 and two football team. Um, I 100% agree with you. I, I like the unders here as, as my main bet. Um, and Patriots minus 2.5 as well. I don't mind that either. Um, seeing Belichick get embarrassed on a Monday night, I can only see this game going one way. Um, last weekend, I had the Denver and Jets game. Neither team to hit 20 points, it was 2 to 1. And to be honest, it was never in doubt. I know it was like 16 30, it was, I think it was 16 something, uh, finished 16 something or whatever, but 
both offenses look terrible. Um, as the Patriots on Monday night, offense looked terrible. The whole Mac Jones, Bailey Zappy thing, not naming a starter, then naming a starter, then saying one's going to play one half, one's going to play the other. All the stuff coming out, it's just it's bad for a it's bad for a camp. Um, so I can't really see many points being scored in this game. It's a pure divisional matchup. Jets are riding high, Patriots are down low, which means one, one thing and one thing only: the Patriots will win. Uh, your slog, I can expect something like 14-13 game or 14-10 game. So I'd probably back the unders as my main bet here and the uh, Patriots to win. Probably cover the spread, but win anyway. Yeah, I, I think he's announced Mac Jones as a starter. I'm sure I saw that today. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what that means <laughs> as the game goes along. But I mean, he should be. I know the, the fans wanted Zappi, but um, it's, they've surely got to give uh, Mac Jones a bit more of a chance to come back. Uh, the Steelers plus 10.5 at the 6-0 Eagles coming off their bye week. Uh, it's a 43 total. Battle of Pennsylvania here. Um, obviously, one team has been doing significantly better than the other. And the Eagles, after trading for Robert Quinn this week, have looked to strengthen. They're obviously seen where they are in the league. They've seen what their chance and they looks like they're going to take it. So, fingers crossed for them because I have a lot of the Eagles um, from preseason. Um, as it comes to this game... Um, Kenny Pickett, he's he's Pickett by name, Pickett by nature. It's a joke <laughs> that I'm going to be able to keep using because he keeps throwing interceptions. Um, three against the Dolphins uh, last week, which cost them the game. I mean, they need to have him in there. They need to get him the experience, but he needs to obviously look after the ball a little bit more. And their defense has actually been surprisingly good in the last couple of weeks. Obviously restricted the books and held the Dolphins to not many points last week. Um, so... I mean, I, I wouldn't be taking the Steelers plus 10.5. I took them plus 14.5 in a game this year and it really didn't go well. So I am away from doing anything Steelers-wise. I hope the Eagles win. I hope they win con- comfortably. I think the best bet for me here will be first-half Eagles because they've been killing teams in the first half and that's the way I'd be looking here. I'm guessing it's going to be five and a half, six-ish, well, probably six-ish. Um, so it's a little bit of a risky one, but... Um, yeah, this isn't a game I'll be betting on either. Um, so, yeah, I'll leave that to you, Liam. Yeah, I don't think I'll be betting the game. If I had to do a lean, that would be Steelers. That's 10 and a half. Um, Eagles' second half performances offensively are just so bad that I just feel like they could get a 14-point lead and the Steelers could score two field goals. Because even if the Steelers are down three touchdowns, they only want to kick field goals for some reason. So, um, yeah, I think I'd probably lean that way. I wouldn't touch the total at all because it could be a game where a couple of picket passes go for pick sixes and you're talking about the Eagles scoring 35 points on their own. So, um, yeah, I'd lean Steelers and stay away from the total, I think. Yeah, I, I would lean... Uh, I, I think you would lean under if you had to. Um, I just... I kind of see the Eagles murdering them, especially off the bye. I, I, I think the Eagles are really, really good. The, the additions that they've made in the offseason have made a huge difference. And, you know, uh, adding Robert Quinn this week, obviously I don't think he's going to play on Sunday, but they are fully going all in to try and win and win right now. Um, Don't love this game. Spreads a little bit too high for me, but it's really hard to trust that Steelers team right now. They should have lost by more than 10 to the Dolphins on Sunday night. Um, So I can't really believe that the Steelers will be able to keep it close with a team that's much better than the Dolphins uh, in the Eagles. Yeah, I think the Eagles are their top three in everybody's power rankings now. Um, they're a very good team coming off a of bye, as you said. 
the Steelers, I know it's early days yet, but Pickett just doesn't look like he has that it to him whatsoever. Um, I know the Dolphins only bet them by six points, but it went down to the final drive on Monday night, but I never really had a doubt that uh, Kenny Pickett was going to mess up or that he was going to convert. Um, ten and a half is a lot, but I just see it as, as Adam said, I see the Eagles, especially in the first half, being up by maybe 20 or 24 or whatever. And the Steelers not not even being able to, to, to crawl it back to make it even anyways respectable. So my lean here would be um, the Eagles minus 10 and a half. And as for the total, I could see the Eagles putting up 35 points, as I said before. Um, so I probably wouldn't touch that. But yeah, Eagles minus 10 and a half seems to be the player. Yeah, the first half line is minus six and a half for the Eagles. Um, their defensive line against the Steelers' defensive line could cause issues all day. And yeah, I I, I don't mind. It's it's a large first half total, but I don't mind that too much. Uh, I did have a quick look to see who the Eagles had next week to see where there was a look ahead spot. Uh, they're playing the Texans on Thursday night, so um, I don't think they'll be saving too much for that one either. Obviously, a short week for them, uh, but it's part of the easiest schedule in the NFL, so. I think is onwards and upwards for the Eagles and possibly 17 and 0. Who knows? We'll um we'll see come the end of the season. But uh they really don't have many opposition who can beat them, frankly, coming up. So yeah, it's a ridiculously easy schedule. Uh the Giants are a six win team. Um or maybe a seven win team. Six win team, aren't they? They're six and one. Uh coming into this one, playing the the Seahawks in Seattle. They are three point underdogs again. They were three point underdogs last week against the Jags. And they came out with a win. And the three-point underdogs go into Seattle with a total of 44.5. I don't know what to say about the Giants, frankly. Um, I know that Fezzik, um, Steve Fezzik from RJ Bell podcast and from just general betting, he has the Giants rated still around 20, 23 in his power rankings. And I'll be honest, I'm closer to that than the top 10 that they seem to be in quite a lot of the other rankings. They they, they get the job done. That's, that's all I can say about them. And uh, they're one of the better fourth quarter teams in the league. They seem to be able to, they know what they're doing there. And Saquon Barkley is the key to that. Uh, Daniel Jones and him both went over hundred yards on the ground last week, which is quite impressive. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I would have to lean to the Seahawks even without DK Metcalf, who isn't officially ruled out yet, but will probably not be playing in this one. Uh, Kenneth Walker obviously looks incredibly good on the ground. He is the de facto offensive rookie of the year favourite now with Brees Hall going out. Um, and see, as long as he stays healthy, he's probably going to win that. But um, yeah, th- this game, again, not a bet for me, but um, I'd lean to the Seahawks. It's just I can't go against the Giants again. They just seem to find their way. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about futures next week. And I think that Kenneth Walker one is a really, really good bet. He's playing really well. I think he'll have another good day against this Giants front. Um, it's such, so annoying with them being plus three again after last week. But I probably would lean Seahawks as well. Their QB is playing better, even though Daniel Jones is playing well for him. Um, Gino's playing really, really well. So I'll probably lean Seahawks at home. Um, but I actually think the overs are pretty good bet because I don't think either team's defense can stop anyone. So, um, yeah, I quite like the over. Yeah, I'm with you on the over. I am utterly convinced that this is the worst six and one team I've ever seen in the Giants. I just, <laughs> I, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I, I remember when, you know, the Steelers were 11 and 0 and they were terrible a couple of years ago. Mm. But this, this Giants team has that vibe. Um, oh. 
yeah, I guess I'll take the Seahawks minus three, but I don't love it. It just Giants can't be seven and one. It just can't be seven and one. Uh, yeah, the first I really got to see the Seahawks was last weekend against the Chargers, and they were very, very impressive. Um, Geno Smith looks like a, a t- twice as good as Russell Wilson. Uh, Pete Carroll kind of showing that um, it's him that uh, was the main man, not not Russell Wilson over the last couple of years. Um, Geno Smith just looks like a completely new quarterback. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, the Giants, yeah, as I said, they're probably one of the worst 6 1 teams I've ever seen. Um, Brian Dayball probably is a shoe in for coach of the year. Well, I suppose they need to win a couple more games, but he's flying, um, especially what they've got. Like, um, the, yeah, the total 44 and a half, the over does seem the play there. I think the Seahawks will win, but I had the Jags in a money line parallel last week, and oh, I couldn't believe that I had them over one and a half field goal as well. They had a chance to just pull it over. I think they had four and two, maybe on the 19 yard line, something like that. And for some reason, went for it and missed. So that ended up costing me in two bets, you can nearly say. Um, yeah, like the Giants, six and one. I wouldn't even call them frauds because nobody even really raised them that highly. But uh, yeah, if I was to do Anthony, it probably would be the Seahawks. But I'm not going to back against the Giants here. So I'll probably just stay away from this game completely. Yeah, well, I think we all agree on that one then. It's a bit of a stay away and over probably on the toe. So I, I do agree with you guys on that one. Uh, one that I probably will be betting finally uh, is the 49ers minus one and a half at the Rams. Uh, it's a very low total again for this kind of game. Uh, 43. I, I love the 49ers here. Um, Shanahan owns McVay and they brought in Christian McCaffrey this week. Uh, they've got players back on defense and they looked... Well, admittedly, they didn't look good against the Chiefs, but that was against the Chiefs. Uh, this Rams team, you've got one player to stop. And you stop Chris, uh, Cooper Cup and you're going to win the game. And as I say, the 49ers have dominated this matchup in recent years, um, in the regular season anyway. Um, and that's what I'm counting on here. So, yeah, I, I just think that Shanahan and with 10 days or so of Christian McCaffrey, I, I thought McCaffrey actually quite looks quite good in the limited play he got last week. He was making big gains through the air and on the ground. Um, I was looking for a receiving line on him. He was really low. It was 16 and a half, I think. No, 13 and a half last week because obviously they weren't expecting him to play much. you got to expect it to be around 30, probably a little bit more this week, and I'll probably take the over on that one. Uh, they could be very exciting going forward. Admittedly, they got Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, which does not fill me with a whole lot of confidence, but he can dump the ball off to McCaffrey. 15 times a game and I think the 49ers are going to win this one. I think they'll win quite comfortably. Yeah, normally I always pick the 49ers in this matchup because obviously McVeigh just can't beat Shanahan unless it's in a uh, NFC title game it seems. But um, I think the under would probably be my lean. I think it was 44 and a half earlier in the week though which is a bit of a worry. Um, 90% of the money is on it uh, in the States at least. So it's a bit of a kind of everyone thinks this game's going under but I think I'd probably lean that way because um, after seeing how badly we beat the 49ers, I just think this surely is a game where the Rams can can win by a field goal. But history says not, so I'll stay away from the line and, and just go on the total under. I, I would lean to the Rams here just based on being fresh, coming off a bye, had time to game plan. Um, I like what you said, Adam, about McCaffrey. I've, I've just managed to secure his services in a fantasy trade. Um, he's going to get so many PPR points <laughs> based on just dump-offs from Jimmy Average. So I will, yeah, I, I think the 49ers are definitely a better team and a more scary proposition thanks to that trade. But I, I, I don't want to be too disrespectful to the Rams. Every bone in my body says they have to figure it out eventually. 
and with an extra week to game plan and so on and so forth, I, I just like the Rams in this spot. I'd uh, I'll be back in the 49ers any other week. The only reason I'm not backing them is because the Rams had a bye last weekend. Um, I expect them to... Look, there's no point in you making excuses like they have all year. No Odell missing players with injuries and stuff. Like, it's put up or shut up at this stage for the Rams. If they lose this game, they're they're in serious trouble. Um, I probably won't end up doing Anthony on the game, even though I think it will be a good match. Um, whoever loses, well, I suppose the 49ers will have a bit of leeway, but they were very, very poor last weekend against the Chiefs. But then again, the Chiefs were, were phenomenal. Um, I actually like the 49ers to win the NFC Championship as an outright bet. I think it's 7-1. to one. There's no no real team in the NFC that I really, bar the Eagles, that are really that good. Um, and we came to the playoffs and the 49ers were playing against the, the Eagles in a one-off game. Oh, I'd nearly fancy the 49ers. I think now is probably the time to get on them as well, especially after losing to the Chiefs and being embarrassed. I think they're like 16-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. And I suppose no matter who they play in the AFC, they'll be underdogs because... Obviously, you'll have the, the Bills or the Chiefs or whoever will get through that side. But um, yeah, I'd stay away from me. But I do like doing the 49ers outright to win the NFC and the Super Bowl just for value. Um, yeah, I can't argue with that. And as I say, with me having quite a lot on the Eagles, I don't think I've got anything on the 49ers. So it's probably the time I want to get in uh, before they win this game. Um, yeah, regular season, uh, Shanahan is 8-4 and four against McVay. They, he is 9-3 and three against the spread. The only thing that worries me is that McVeigh is three and one coming off a bye week for the Rams. Obviously, only over four seasons, so it's a fairly limited sample, but that's still pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, I as I say, I, I think the Forty Nine ers win that one. Uh, one, I imagine that'll be the Sky game as well because the alternative is well, there's a couple of alternates, and it's Commanders plus three at the Colts with a total of thirty nine point five. Obviously, the big news in this one is the Colts changing over to Sam Ellinger. Um, at quarterback, uh, you guys probably know a lot more than I do about him. I believe he has a big arm and he'll run around a lot. That's uh, basically the, the opinion I've got from uh, reading a few bits you guys put in the group. I don't trust either of these teams at all. Um, I would probably go with the under. Um, but again, it's, it's a nothing game for me. It's one that I won't be paying much attention to. Yeah, same. In terms of the QB, uh, it's going to be another one for Russian yard props because he can move for a QB. So um, I feel like I'd be betting all the Ellinger overs for stuff on the ground, like carries, and if you can find them. And um, rush yards, maybe rush TD as well, and then give the bookies a week or two to acclimatize and, and put his numbers up. Uh, in terms of the rest, uh, yeah, I can't bet on either of these two teams with the spread or with the total. So firm stay away for me. Just going to do some player props for, for fun. I agree with Liam on all of his props for sure. Everyone here in Texas is very excited, especially if they are of the UT Austin persuasion. Um, Elenga is a rushing threat, despite the fact that he looks just like an average white guy. Um, he is actually fairly athletic, um, quite big and quite strong. So, yeah. I, I like those, Liam. I'll take the Colts here for sure. Can't trust the Commanders. Don't trust the Commanders. Um, they beat the Packers in what was a fluke and probably won't get many more wins. If, if Taylor Heine, he's going to win you a game, it's the first game he starts when no one's expecting it. And then there will be a slow decline from there on out. So um, I actually quite like it at minus three um, for the Colts here. As, admittedly, it's a rookie, but this Washington team is just a lot less scary with Chase Young still out. So, uh, yeah, give me give me the Colts. Yeah, this game's a firm firm stay away from me. Um, don't trust either quarterback. I don't really know anything about Ellinger. I might back him any time just for a laugh, but uh, 
yeah, I've no real lean either for either team here. Um, I had the commanders plus four last weekend, and like supporting Heineke is just it's hard to do. Um, I just don't like Rogers either, so it's kind of a win win. Um, for me, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna stay away from this game, I'm just gonna pretend it's not even happening. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were all watching the red zone last week to see who would throw the first interception, and Taylor Heineke could have had about four or five before he had his his first one in the end. It was um, he was very lucky to come out of that game without being utterly terrible. Uh, that game obviously was against the Packers. The Packers are eleven half point favor uh, underdogs, definitely not favorites uh, at the Bills with a total of forty seven point five. Uh, my lean here is obviously to the Bills covering and it's under the 47.5. We keep saying that the same as Tom Brady, that Aaron Rodgers is going to get things covered, figured out and that he'll bounce back and he'll make someone pay at some point. But he's been quite vocal this week about the lack of, uh, well, not talent, the lack of ability. If to, I think I'll go with that over talent from his wide receivers and the fact that they're dropping everything, Romeo Dubs, who he seemed to like in preseason, had four drops last week out of his four targets. Um, it's just not pretty for them. Sammy Watkins is coming back from injury. He's gone back to questionable again this week. He was poor last week. They don't seem to be using the running game, which we're all kind of desperate for at the moment. And it seems the only logical way they're going to move the ball, but they seem averse to doing that um so yeah i just i just can't touch the packers or do anything i like they they may well put up 10 points maximum which is why i like the under in this one because the bills doing 38 points they they might hit the 47 and a half themselves frankly the bills but um yeah they're coming off their bye they are coming off their bye week i think um and yeah i'd imagine they're going to put up quite a lot of points uh, josh allen Stefan Diggs in prime time it should be fairly comfortable for them so i'd be leaning bills minus 11 and a half despite the fact it's a huge spread and but conversely i'd be looking under the total because i just think the packers are that bad yeah so i'm probably going to be the one that bangs on about aaron Rodgers uh getting things back on track now so uh yeah no this was my second best option for best bet and that was packers plus 11 and a half um i can't take i don't know if rogers has ever been this much for another dog i imagine not but I haven't checked, but yeah, I just can't take one of the best quarterbacks in the league um, with, that, with these points and just not take it. I just think that it's too many points. The Bills are a better team. Uh, on paper, the Packers have got a better defense, but they have been awful this season, so you need the defense to, to improve. So for me, I'd probably be staying away from the total completely. Um, taking the Packers, I just feel like this is a game where Aaron Rodgers uh, will win and beat Josh Allen or something and just to annoy everyone the next week, he'll lose to whoever he's playing next week. But uh, yeah, I'll go Packers plus 11 and a half. And I actually quite like, I think it's Aaron Jones's under um, for receiving yards. It's set to 29.5, which is um, higher than last week, even though they didn't use the running backs very much last week. So um, yeah, I quite like that. So um, that'd be another little prop for this game for me. I, I agree with both of you. In that I think the Bills definitely win this game. They're the better team. But I also struggle to imagine Aaron Rodgers ever being an 11.5-point underdog. Um, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, this will be a spread that I do not bet. Um, and there's probably not enough value on Bills' money line to take them outright. So, oh, God. I, you know, be, with it being Sunday night, I'd probably just take the over because I want to watch something fun on Sunday night, even though the under will almost definitely hit. But... It's it, it's it's a strange game. Um, 
the Packers, they are better than what they've shown. I remain convinced, and they have to get better, and they have to figure it out. It just doesn't make sense if they don't, but I'm not convinced that this is the week they do it. I do think you'll see the Packers making some moves in the trade market in the next couple of weeks. I still don't understand why they haven't just signed Odell Beckham Jr., even if he's not 100% healthy yet. Um, So I, I think you will see the Packers make some moves. I don't think it's going to help them this week. I think the Bills do win. If I had to pick a side, I would probably take the plus 11 and a half just out of respect for who Aaron Rodgers, I guess, once was. Whether he still is that guy, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but it's not a game that I'm particularly enthused by the Lions. Although it should be quite fun to watch, whatever happens. Uh, yes, screw Aaron Rodgers. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Carry on. I think the uh, I think I read during the week that the highest uh, handicap Rodgers was was eight and a half. I don't know when it was, but I think it was a couple of years ago. So eleven and a half obviously is the highest by well a full three points. Um, when I seen it first, I thought Packers minus eleven and a half has to be the play here. But the Bills do tend to hammer teams when they beat them, and coming off a bye week as well. So I'd nearly be the same as you, Callum. I'd only back the Packers minus or plus eleven and a half out of respect for Rodgers and the fact that it's a standalone game, but. I really won't be doing it with any confidence whatsoever because the Bills can just smash teams to smithereens, especially the way the Packers defense has been playing. Um, I probably, uh, no, I'll probably just be staying away from the game, to be honest, completely. But if, if I had to back something, it probably would be the Packers plus 11 and a half. Yeah, sorry, I was distracted then. I was looking to see what the biggest spread it was. Um, and as Jack said, by the look of it, plus eight and a half, that was against the Vikings in 2017, and they lost 16 0. Um, so yeah, it's it, not that that means a whole lot. Yeah, but they, um, yeah, Rogers has never been double digits. Sorry, go on. So what a game for it to be that score with those two teams. That what, must be a lot of injuries. What was happening? Yeah, I mean that's or well, snow is it? <laughs> Maybe snow. It was December twenty third, so quite possibly, yeah, it could well have been a snow game. Um, but yeah, if if that was the one, that's what I just found on um, Odd Sharks uh, database. Um, they have obviously been bigger bigger underdogs than that, but that was with Brett Hundley and uh, Tom Flynn was the other one I found, which was back in 2010, I believe. Uh, <laughs> just found against the Steelers. So yes, uh, Aaron Rodgers has not been that. Um, we've talked about the Monday night game already, Bengals against the Browns, so that's it for the week. Uh, any props from you boys? Uh, yeah, I've got. I mentioned a couple already, but another one was Kenny Pickett over 1.5 interceptions. Um, that's basically two to one, nearly in places. So yep. uh, I feel like that's a pretty good bet from uh, from what we've seen so far from him. Um, so yeah, that's probably one of the other ones that I'll be backing. Yeah, weirdly like- enough, that was one I sorry, Callum, that was no, one no, no. I literally just looked at about five minutes ago. Was Kenny Pickett? It was nineteen to ten on Sky on Bet three six five over one and a half. So yeah, I think we're on the same page there. I like the uh, Rashad White one you mentioned earlier for receiving yards tonight. I think that's a, that's a good one to look at. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm fully on board with everything Sam Ellinger. I know we already touched on it, but um, yeah, Sam Ellinger rushing overs, rushing touchdowns. I think that he they will have to do something different this weekend. It hasn't been working for the Colts, and I could definitely see them using his legs in a way that they just haven't been able to do with Matt Ryan. So. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm liking to look at that. Um, as I said earlier on, I think Lamar fifty yards rushing and a touchdown, ten to three is not a bad, not a bad shout. And uh, Derek Henry's rushing yards is, I think, it's ninety six and a half. I think he's been over a hundred in his last four games. 
you'd imagine they should beat the Texans and the game script will suit them. They'll probably run the ball in the second half. Uh, I think Tannehill's playing. I think he's fully fit, but I don't know how fully fit he is, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, 96 and a half, I thought was very, very backable. It'll probably end up going up, I'd say, before the game starts. So if you're probably going to back it, I'll probably back it now um, because I don't think anyone's going to be backing him unders. But uh, yeah, they're probably my two, my two biggest fancies. Yeah, I believe he does pretty well against the Texans as well. I know he does well against most of the AFC South. So, yeah, over 100 yards seems fairly likely for him. Uh, one I found was Travis Etienne, over 18 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this line doesn't seem to go up. Uh, seems to be the same every week. So I'll be back in that one again. I do like his longest reception and longest rush every week as well. They're generally pretty good bets. And another one I did look at was PJ Walker, over 181 and a half passing yards. I thought he actually did it last week. He had 177 against the Bucks last week. But <laughs> with the Falcons' defensive issues, um, I do think there's a chance they'll throw the ball a little more and let him open it up. And yeah, if uh, I mean, Joe Burrow put up nearly 500 on them. Um, so PJ Walker getting a third of that, I think that's still fairly reasonable. Um, and yeah, they're the only two I've looked at so far. Um, so... Yeah, obviously it is early in the week. There were no rushing lines out for the Bears, which we mentioned, just in field rushing line. And there's no rushing lines out for the Colts game either. So keep an eye on them as we go. And with that, we're ticking over an hour now. So thank you, boys. Uh, fingers crossed for another 4-0 and week. And uh, let's see how we go. Uh, who day for Monday night?